Oh, come on, let's worship him all across the building. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. How many is thankful to be in the house of God? Let's love him. Let's love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Jesus. We praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. We pray that you would move in this house. We feel your presence. We feel your power. We feel your glory in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. Hallelujah. Good to see all the smiling faces in the house of God here today. We're going to have a great time this afternoon uh, honoring our local heroes here in a, in a little while. Um, but for now, we've got teaching, and I do want to put a plug out there um, that this is our last Sunday afternoon teaching. Now, let me help somebody. That doesn't mean we're not going to teach. We're just going to do Wednesday night Bible study, and we're going to have worship, and we're going to have Bible study. So if you want to learn and you want to grow, that's going to be a wonderful opportunity to come. The benefit of changing our service to a 1.30 schedule starting this next Sunday is that we get an opportunity to reach all of our kids and all of our visiting members' kids. And uh, so we're going to get a real great opportunity to get as really really capitalize on our our ability to reach everyone that we can everybody said amen so just a reminder on that colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 and uh one more thing before i forget if you are not uh if you haven't been able to make it out to wednesday night uh, you can always go on our website and uh we're going to have uh, all of our teaching all of our preaching on there uh, we've been going through excellence for the last two months, and we've been having a good time with that. And you don't want to miss uh, this Wednesday because it's going to be a great, a great time as we continue on in excellence, and it's going to be wonderful. Colossians three and seventeen. The Bible says, "And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him." And then we're going to flip over to Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. Acts 4 and 12. Hallelujah. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I love that verse. There's no other name whereby we must be saved. And I want to teach for a few moments on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. Would you set your Bibles down and let's pray one more time all across the building. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your voice and let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We praise you, Lord. God, you're going to do great things here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praying for revival in this house, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you. And you can be seated in the house of God. The name 
the Lord. There's a lot that could be said when we talk about the name of the Lord. There's a lot of verses that we could pull up. I'm not going to really probably do it the justice that it deserves. However, I do feel that there's some things that I need to talk about and teach about when we talk about the name of the Lord. One, one thing that is very important is to talk about the fact that there is power in the name. Anybody know that there is power in the name? Proverbs 18 and 10. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. In other words, the name of the Lord is a bunker that you can go to. It is a strong tower. I want somebody to know that there is power in the tower. Hallelujah. There is, there is a, 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 a defense that you have in the name of Jesus. You can't get that defense through the greatest army in the world. That defense only comes at the name of Jesus. The Jews looked at the name of the Lord as being so powerful that they literally removed their version of vowels from the name of the Lord. And, and to this date, we don't know if it's Yahweh or if it's Jehovah uh, because they have removed the vowels because they saw it as God had said. That, that nobody should take the name of the Lord in vain. And they were so afraid of misusing the name of the Lord that they stopped using the name of the Lord. And I want to tell you here today that we've got to use the name of the Lord. We, we are not people that should ever abuse the name of the Lord. There's not one individual that should abuse the name of the Lord, but every individual should use the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. When you're in trouble, you can use the name of the Lord. Philippians 2 and 10. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Things, of, things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus, is, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me help somebody. If you're in trouble call on the name of the Lord. If you've got issues in your life, call on the name of the Lord. And, and the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, everything's going to bow. If you got something in your life that will not bow, that will not stop, that will not uh, cease from hurting you, from hindering you, why don't you try calling on the name of the Lord? Because when you bring the name of the Lord into it, everything's got to bow. Amen. Let me help somebody. When you are sick, sickness has got to bow. When you are addicted, addiction's got to bow. When you're depressed, depression's got to bow. Everything's got to bow at the name of the Lord because there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't want the church to ever forget that. I hope we never do forget that, that it's not just like saying Tom or Bill or Susie or Sally. When you say the name of Jesus, there's something that happens in the spirit. Every demon in hell stands at attention and looks at that name with reverence. We do a lot of things in the name of the Lord. Our text here today, the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 17, Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, even the Father by him. Colossians saying, whatever you do in word or in deed. I think there's a lot of things we do in word and deed. But we don't do it in the name of Jesus. 
I think that we ought to take that verse a little deeper and think to ourselves, when I go to my job, I better do it in the name of Jesus. When I go home to my family, I got to do it in the name of Jesus. When, 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 I, when, I, when, I, when, when this happens or when that happens, I've got to learn that it's, it's got to be done in the name of Jesus. There's, there's a lot of things that we do in the name of Jesus. Number one, we believe that miracles happen in the name of Jesus, Mark 16 and 16. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Uh, we're going to talk about baptism before it's all said and done here today. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Don't let anybody ever disconnect that verse from itself. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I, I, I want you to notice that, that he's saying that there's a connection between belief and baptism. In other words, if you don't believe, you will not be baptized. But if you believe, you will be baptized. And if you're baptized, you will be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. If you don't believe, there's already damnation there because without faith, it is impossible to please God. you got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. How? In my name. Where's your belief got to be placed? In the name of Jesus. And in his name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. That ain't talking about snake handling, folks. That's talking about any enemy that comes against you. It's You don't need to be afraid. There is no fear when you speak the name of Jesus. And if you drink any deadly thing, that's not talking about poisoning yourself. That's saying that if they poison you for your faith, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Can I tell somebody that we still believe that there is power in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. We still believe that there is devil casting out power in the name of Jesus. We still believe that you can lay hands on the sick, and they will recover because you laid hands in Jesus' name. John 14 and 14. Bible says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I think some people read the Bible, some people don't read the Bible, but those that do read the Bible read it like it's just a novel or it's a fiction book. But I think we ought to take the Bible very, very literal and for what it is and for what it says. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I think that would make some of us pray a whole lot more. Because we would realize who we're praying to. And when we realize who we're praying to and how we're praying, we're praying in the name of Jesus. And when you pray in the name of Jesus, it does not matter what is hindering that prayer. When you speak the name of Jesus, whatever is hindering that prayer has got to bow. We believe in praying in the name of Jesus. We believe, we believe that miracles, signs, and wonders happen in the name of Jesus. We believe that when you pray, you should pray in the name of Jesus. James chapter 5 and verse number 14. The Bible says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. How? In the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can I tell somebody that there is still healing in the name of Jesus? 
Hallelujah. Well, I'll get about five people to believe that. There is still healing in the name of Jesus. Well, I've been sick. I want you to know there's still healing in the name of Jesus. Well, they died. There's still healing in the name of Jesus. There's miracles. There's signs. There's wonders. And there is still healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, let's lift our hands and let's worship him. Hallelujah. I come to help somebody. We cannot lose our revelation of the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus that we use for everything. Hallelujah. Silver and gold have I none. When you are broke, you can call on the name of Jesus. When you don't have, when there is no way, when there is, there is nothing that could change and nothing that could happen, when you are surrounded by impossibility, all you got to do is call on the name of Jesus of Jesus and what you don't possess will be overpowered by what you do possess because you have the name of Jesus you can overpower everything that you currently don't have power over you think well I don't have power over sickness I'm just a normal human I'm just an individual well you don't need to have power you got the name of Jesus and it is the name of Jesus that has the power there is no scriptural reference that healing stopped working we're going to go when we talk about when we get into the gifts of the Spirit, when we get into talking about uh, miracle signs and wonders, uh, when we get to that part of our teaching on Wednesday nights, I want you to I want you to get dive in, dive into that verse and dive into those verses and just grab a hold of it and lock your teeth into it because there is no verse in the Bible that says those things have stopped. There is no verse in the Bible that has ever said that God does not heal anymore. I don't care how many degrees that a Baptist theologian has, and I don't care. It does not matter how, how how smart they think they are. There is no verse you can't make one up in the Bible that says God stopped healing. God still heals. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to break through this today. I'll preach this. I'll preach it. I meant to teach it, but I'll preach it. God still heals. You could be dying. You can be on your deathbed, but I want you to know we can pray in the name of Jesus, and the Bible says that the Lord will raise them up. Oh, let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray for just a moment. Come on. We're people of the name. If anybody believes that there's healing in the name, it ought to be the, it ought to be us. Come on, these signs shall follow them that believe in the name. We believe in the name. We believe in the name. We want to receive what we believe. Oh, let's pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There is still healing in the name of Jesus. I cannot, I cannot get away from that. I've got a lot we could teach on right now, but I cannot get away from that because somebody needs to hear that. There is healing in the name of Jesus. Well, I prayed and nothing happened. Pray again. Okay. I have called and nothing has changed. Pray again. Call again. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. But if you only seek until you get bored, it will not be found. If you only knock until you get your hands sore, it will not be opened. And if you only ask until your voice gets hoarse, you will not have that answered. But you got to be kind of persistent about it and say, I'm going to knock until my fingers fall off. I'm going to seek. I'm going to seek until I find it. There's... You know what? We got to get to the until, until it happens, until God comes through, until he delivers. We got to get to that level of prayer. 
I'm not praying until I get bored. I'm not praying until I get tired. I'm praying until God answers because his word is true. And let me help somebody about the word of God. Either his word is true altogether or it's not true at all. So either we believe all of it or we believe none of it. Let's all go home and have a barbecue. But I've come to tell you, if the Bible says that we'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that we better take hold on that. Amen. My best friend and I, at the age of 16, went off to the hospitals because we read those verses. And we walked down the halls of the hospital and knocked on doors and said, can we pray for you? And everybody in those hospitals said, absolutely, because everybody wants prayer. And we didn't say a whole lot. We didn't have a whole lot of experience. But we started laying hands on them and praying in the name of Jesus. I've come to tell you, there is healing in the name. Sister Christina was dying of stage 4 cancer on her deathbed, given two months to live. But we laid hands on her in the name of Jesus, anointed her with oil. And can I tell you, that cancer went into remission. Let me help somebody. God can heal a cold. God can heal cancer. God can heal. He can heal it all. Sister Flower Earls, she, she gave birth to her first child. And she was she was in a position where it was it was a real rough birth, and 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 they told her you've got some issues. We're gonna have to do some surgery. We're gonna have to remove some body parts. You will never have any other kids. Did you know she has a two-year-old daughter right now? After eight to ten years of waiting, knowing there was no physical way for a child, I don't know how it happened, but I do know they prayed in the name of Jesus. I ought, to bring a, I ought to bring a picture of that child, hallelujah, because I'm coming to tell somebody, well, that sounds cute, that I, but I don't know anybody that's ever been healed. Well, let's start praying for people. Bring them to the church. Let's lay hands on them, and let's see every miracle. Amen. I could go down story after story after story because when you are, when you are in this, when you believe this, you're going you're gonna to get a boldness that comes upon you, and you're going to just start I don't know why, but I'm going to, hey, the Bible never says lay hands on the sick and heal people. You are not a healer. That's why I'm against the idea of a faith healer. I believe in the gift of healing, but, but not one person. The Bible says God gives to every man severally as he will. It is the gift of God. It is a gift of the Spirit. And everybody that's a believer has the ability. It's not, oh, somebody's sick, call for brother so-and-so because he's got the gift. No, I've come to let you know it is a gift to the believer. And if you're a believer, God can use you. In he can use you one way today and use you another way tomorrow. So if you find somebody sick, you go ahead and say, in the name of Jesus, lay hands on him and believe. Acts 16 and 18. Hallelujah. Acts 16 and 18. And this did she many days. But Paul grieved, turned, a, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And, and, and he came out the same hour. Did you know the power, the name of Jesus has power over devils? Every devil. Let me help somebody. The name of Jesus has power over whatever you're facing. 
whatever spirit of hell has been coming against you. Well, it's been in my family since before I was born, and it's been it's been haunting my grandfather, my father. It's been following us all around, and I don't know why, but I always fall into this just like my dad. I want you to know there is no devil that can compete against the name of Jesus. There is no power of darkness. I want you. I want to tell somebody, when you flip on the light, darkness has got to flee. Darkness, the Bible says, cannot comprehend the light of God's word. And when you speak the name of Jesus, you are turning on a light, and all of darkness has got to flee, and all of hell has got to flee. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus has the power to cast out devils. Let me help somebody it is, it is contingent on one thing. It is contingent on the fact that you are submitted to the name of Jesus yourself. Because Acts 19, there was some sons of one Sceva, and they saw a devil, and they said, I, we adjure you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. See, if you don't preach Jesus, don't expect anything to happen when you call on the name of Jesus. If you yourself have not submitted to the name of Jesus, don't expect devils to listen to you. But if you have got yourself in alignment, you submit yourself, therefore, to God, you resist the devil, and you pray in the name of Jesus, my Bible says the devil's got to flee. Everything. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and worship him. Hallelujah. Acts 4 and 18. We see the name of Jesus got power. It's our strong power. We see the name of Jesus is what we lay hands on people and, and they're, they're healed in the name of Jesus. We cast out devils in the name of Jesus. We pray every prayer that we make, we make in the name of Jesus. But yet, the Bible says, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. After all the power that people have seen the name of Jesus capable of, after all the healing, all the deliverances, the number one thing that the religiosity of the day wanted to be shut down was the name of Jesus. I have no doubt that there is a reason that while I'm teaching this, there are devils that do not like the fact that I'm teaching this. I believe that there are religious spirits that have held this area captive for far too long that do not want a revelation of the name of Jesus to get out there. Because the minute it gets from the pulpit into the pew, all of this city is going to have to bow. When it goes from one person with a revelation of the name to two people, to three people, to an entire congregation, all of hell will have to shake in their boots because they will hear the name of Jesus from people that have lined themselves and submitted themselves to the name of Jesus. And let me help somebody. If you have something rise up, goes, why do we got to talk about the name of Jesus? You don't know what spirit you're of because the same religious spirit of the day had told them don't talk about the name of Jesus. I, I wonder why that one of the first things the Catholic Church did in 325 A.D. was change baptismal formula from in the name of Jesus to the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but if I was not even religious at all, I would look at that and I would study that and I would think to myself, what is the purpose of changing something the church has always done from the beginning of its inception? 
I'll tell you what it was. It was an attack of the devil on the name of Jesus because the devil knows there's only one God and he trembles at the fact there's only one God. That devil knows that there's no salvation in any other but in the name of Jesus. Oh, let's worship him. Let's worship him. I know it's teaching, but I got to preach to somebody about the name of Jesus. There is not salvation in Buddha. It's not in Muhammad. It's not in Allah. It's not in anybody else, but it's in the name of Jesus. And no devil can stop the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, in this city, we've got to get the name of Jesus out there. I've been to enough charismatic churches that baptize in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost and then go drink on Saturday. I know enough Trinitarians uh, that will dedicate children in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, and yet, uh, when they go to pray over their meal, they'll say, in Jesus' name. Uh, they don't want to dedicate their children or save their souls in the name of Jesus. Uh, and yet, they'll pray over their meal in Jesus' name. I've come to let somebody know, if we're going to do one thing in Jesus' name, we ought to do everything. If we're going to pray over a meal, we ought to pray over the sick. If we're going to pray over a meal, we ought to pray over those that we're raising up. Oh, somebody praise him. Hey, if we don't get excited about the name of Jesus, we aren't apostolic. We got nothing to be excited about because it was the name of Jesus that washed me. It was the name of Jesus that raised me. It was the name of Jesus that set this young boy free. Hallelujah. You can call on your grandma Joan. That don't mean nothing. But you can call on the name of Jesus and get a legion of angels to show up at your doorstep. You can call the governor and nothing change. You can write letters to your senator and nothing change. But we can hit our knees and pray in the name of Jesus and legislation begins to change. We I'm going to tell you, if my people, which are called by what? By my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. The church has got to get back to praying in the name of Jesus. Y'all have to forgive me. I know it's teaching, but we've got to get to the place where the name of Jesus is beyond the name of John, beyond the name of Bill, beyond the name of Susie, beyond your own name. The name of Jesus has got to be more powerful than that of your spouse, than that of your boss, than that of your senator, than that of your governor. The name of Jesus has got to be better than Donald Trump. It's got to be better than Beyonce. It's got to, the name of Jesus has got to be better. Well, why are you getting all excited about a name? Because you don't know where, where I was when that name found me. Well, it doesn't seem like names have power. You look through your Bible, every name's got a meaning. Every name's got a meaning. Every name's got power as you look through your Bible. They've got something to say. And Jesus is literally meaning that Jehovah has become our salvation. When you speak the name of Jesus, you're saying, you are my salvation. When you speak the name of Jesus, you yourself are submitting to it. You yourself are bowing to it. You, 
You yourself are saying uh, that you're my salvation, not me. Uh, you're my salvation, not me. You're my provider, not me. Uh, you're Lord of all and not me. Lift up your hands and let's worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. We got to get back to the name, church. Hallelujah. We can preach about a whole lot of things, but we got to get back to the name. We got to get back to the basics of the Bible. The name is the most foundational. They said, whatever you do, we don't care if you heal people. We don't care if you talk. Just don't talk and speak in the name of Jesus. They don't know is if we stop speaking the name of Jesus, people won't get what sets us apart from every other church in this city? I'm going to tell you, it's not how beautiful we are. It's the fact that we use the name. I'm not talking about we just call it, we just speak it out loud. I'm talking about we're people of the name. We're people that were baptized in the name. We were healed in the name. We were prayed through the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. So they told notes, don't talk in the name of Jesus, Acts 21 and 13. Oh, no talk in the name of Jesus. But I want you to see what the church has done. Then Paul answered, What mean you to weep and to break my heart? For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. People like Paul were ready to die for the name of Jesus. You know why? Because he lived his whole life for the name of Jesus. If you don't live for Jesus, you'll never die for Jesus. But if you give your whole life to him, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Acts 5 and 41, after they told him, don't speak in the name, the Bible says this, and they departed from the presence of the council. Beware of all the counsels in life. They're trying to counsel you, bad counsel. You need the counselor. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. And they, what did they do? Rejoicing. I'll tell you why they're rejoicing. That they were, wor they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Yeah, they got whipped. They got beat. Why? It wasn't the fact that they looked prettier than everybody else. No. It wasn't the fact that they showed up on time to church. No. They got whipped and they got beat because they wouldn't stop talking in the name of Jesus. And immediately they left that council. And the Bible says, and daily. They didn't stop. Not, not one day. It was daily in the temple. And in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. I think it's the time for revival in the church of the name of Jesus. In every area, every Walmart, come on, every Marshalls, every shopping center, every every store, every house, every church, we need a revival of the name. They were worthy to suffer shame for the name. And some people, they'll drive by with their, and they'll put their head down when they show up to an apostolic church. Don't, don't turn your head about the fact that you come to this church. There is nothing to be ashamed of. Ladies, wear your hair nice and proud. Ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Men, lift up holy hands praying everywhere. Ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Be in a Jesus name. There is nothing. Go ahead and whip me, beat me, or fire me. I love the name of Jesus. 
Acts 15 and 26. Well, that's great. It was Peter and the apostles. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There were saints in the church that were willing to give it all. Why? For the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was prophesied, Zechariah 14 and 9. Why is the name deal so important? I'm going to get through this. Hallelujah. Zechariah 14, I hope I don't preach too much. I'll just go through this. It was prophesied in Zechariah 14 and 9. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. For all of us to say there's more than one God. Check that one. Well, we got to be baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Even if those were names, not titles. Uh, his name was supposed to be one. And let's go to Matthew 1 and 21. Let's, let's figure out what the name that was prophesied to be was. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the reason his name was called Jesus is for the purpose of saving his people from their sins. So in other words, it is the name of Jesus that saves people from their sins. Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we should, could, must, must be saved. In other words, if you've been baptized any other way, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. If you think salvation comes from anything else, anybody else, you need to be baptized. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 9. Okay, what are we, what are we saved by? We're saved by the name. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Goes through a whole list that just about everybody in the world would be guilty of something on there. And such were some of you. <laughs> hey, don't ever forget where you came from. Don't be so critical of somebody else walking in those doors because you were the same way. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Salvation is in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's talk about this for a moment. Acts 2 and 21. All right, I'm, I'll go with that. Let's pretend for a moment I'm a Baptist or a Methodist. Hallelujah. Not to offend anybody if you're here today. But let's just pretend I'm, I'm, I'm a Trinitarian. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Great. I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Hey, let me show you how I'm saved. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. I believe that salvation comes in the name of Jesus too. Look, the Roman road. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, see, I believe on the name of Jesus. It's going to save me. I'm, man, I'm saved. I just accepted Jesus. I believed on his, he's my salvation, and therefore I'm saved. No. Because there is a misunderstanding of what that verse is saying. Because you can't take one verse out of context. But also, what is that verse really saying when it says call on the name of the Lord? Is it to say a verbal Jesus? Let's go to Acts 22 and 16. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise, 
and be baptized and wash away thy sins. How do you wash away your sins? Calling on the name of the Lord. So yes, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how do you call on the name of the Lord? It's when you're baptized and your sins are being washed away. When they call... When are your sins washed away? I'll tell you when your sins are washed away. When they call on the name of the Lord as they put you under that water. It is the name of Jesus that justifies. It is the name of Jesus that saves us. Neither is there salvation in any other, for it's the name of Jesus that saves us. You've got to have the name of Jesus called over you in baptism. Well, let's take this for a moment. What about this? Matthew 28 and 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. See, there's three. Problem is, there's only one name. Baptizing them in the name, singular, not plural. Not only that, when they do baptize in the titles, you know what they say? In the name of the in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's not what that verse says. There's a big difference in phraseology right there. But it says in the name. Well, we know the name of the Son is Jesus, Matthew 1, 21. And the Bible says in John chapter 14, But the comfort which the Father shall send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. In John 10, 30, he said, I and my Father are one. Uh, I've come to let somebody know, Jesus said himself, uh, I've come in my Father's name. Uh, what is the name? If the name of the Son is Jesus, uh, he said, I came in my Father's name. His name is Jesus. Uh, and he said that the Holy Ghost is coming in my name. What's the name? The name is Jesus. So obviously, when we're baptized, we've got to be baptized with the name spoken over us, and that name is Jesus. Well, I don't think you really need to have anything spoken over you, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So there was a standard of baptizing in a name. And he's putting a rhetorical question, how were you baptized? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? And he's saying, no, we were not baptized in the name of Paul, obviously, because everybody got baptized in the same name. And that name is Jesus. Acts 2 and 38. Got a few more moments? Hallelujah. They said, verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? That, what do we got to do? We crucified our Savior. How are we supposed to be saved after crucifying our Savior? Then Peter said unto them, repent, which is always the first step of salvation. There's got to be a death. There's got to be, there's got to be a fact of dying out to self, turning from sin. If you just get baptized, you're just getting wet. If you have the intent of just taking a bath and not changing, you might want to take a bath at home. But he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. How? In the name of Jesus Christ. How and why? In the name of Jesus. Why? Because in the name of Jesus, for the remission or the washing away of sins, arise, why tarriest thou? Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So it's the name of Jesus that washes away sins. And yet people would say, well, you don't really need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hogwash. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter was there. The other apostles minus Judas who hung himself were there. All of them heard what Jesus said. Not one person corrected Peter because they knew that's exactly what Jesus said. So here. Acts chapter 2, 
There were Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. There was, there was Parthians, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia. There was all these devout Jews. And they all came together, and they were baptized in the name of Jesus. So the Jews are baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, I'm not a Jew. I don't need to be baptized. Acts chapter 8, verse 16. This is when he goes down and preaches to the Samaritans. They're half Jewish and they're half Gentile. They're kind of in between. They don't know what they are. Kind of believers, kind of not. The Bible says, for as yet, as he was fallen on none of them, speaking of getting the Holy Ghost, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, okay, I got you there. Okay, a Jew is baptized in Jesus' name, and now the Samaritans, the half-breeds, are baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, I'm neither. I'm just full Gentile. I don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with other tongues and magnify God. We're going to get into speaking in tongues uh, here at another time. That's how they knew they got the Holy Ghost. Just a little plug there. If you hadn't spoken tongues, you hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. But then answered Peter. They got the Holy Ghost. That should be enough, right? Wrong. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he said, you probably should as a profession of your faith. It would probably be a good idea. You know, that's probably what the Lord might want. And he commanded them. That's pretty strong language. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? Jesus. Okay. Well, I'm not a Jew. I'm not a Samaritan. And I'm a Gentile, but, you know, I go to a certain denomination. And I'm a believer. Acts 19 and 1. And it came to pass, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, believers. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Great question to ask somebody who is a believer. You never want to discount where somebody's at in their walk with God. Because God calls to every sinner. Every sinner gets a call. That doesn't mean they're saved. Well, God speaks to me. That doesn't mean you're saved. You need to go the Bible way and obey his word, and that's when you're saved. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So he didn't discount where they're at. He started talking about where they are and taking them where they are to where they need to be. And they said to him, we've not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Now pause for just a moment. These were disciples of John the Baptist. John the Baptist preached that you are to believe on Jesus Christ. That is he that is to come. That is on Christ Jesus. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So these are believers that don't even know what they believe. Okay, I'll help somebody. There's a lot of believers who don't know what they believe. They're believers that don't know what they believe, and they've not even received what they're supposed to believe. I know a lot of people that go to church all their life, and they tote around a Bible, and they put it on their nightstand, and they'll carry it around, the family Bible, and they'll set it till it collects dust, wipe it off once a year, and say, I believe everything in that book, and yet they've not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and I've come to let you know, you've not received what you, qu what you claim to believe, but I want to let you know it's available. It's available. And immediately, he said, hold on, wait, if you've not received the Holy Ghost, how were you baptized? Because that's a good question. If they've never received the Holy Ghost, they probably weren't baptized right either. 
Because people that people are going to pray it through to the Holy Ghost. The Bible says it's the spirit of truth. Uh, it's going to lead you in all truth. Well, what about churches that got the Holy Ghost but don't baptize in Jesus' name? I'll tell you why. God fills them with the Holy Ghost because he's trying to lead them in all truth. But you can be given over to a reprobate mind if God starts calling you and you say, no, that's not for me. I don't need to follow the word of God. Having the Holy Ghost is not enough. Because, again, the Gentiles got the Holy Ghost should have been enough. And, 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 and it should have been good. But he said, no, no, no. I command you to be baptized. And then Paul says, how were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. And he knew right then and there, these are people that don't even know what they believe. And he's not criticizing them for it. You, you, you just got to be saved long enough and be in the apostolic church long enough and go on outreach long enough to meet people and know when they tell you they're part of X denomination, you know exactly what they're saying. And you know that they probably haven't been taught what we're teaching here today. So then you can take them from where they are. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Okay, he starts telling them, well, let me tell you about your religion. He has to tell them about their own belief system. They baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which is to come after, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, it finally connected all the dots of everything they'd ever believed. How, what happened when they, when they heard about the fact that they're to believe on Jesus? Well, I'm a believer already. When you preach about the name of the Lord... It should be something that rises up in anybody who claims to be a believer that you begin to preach or teach like I'm doing here today that they realize, uh-oh, I was not baptized right. I was not baptized in the name of Jesus. And this is what happens. And when the verse 5, verse 5, there we go. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just think about that for a second. And then he, then he laid hands on him. The Holy Ghost came on him. And guess what happened? They spoke with other tongues. Wow. This, this seems like, almost like it was intentional that God put that through the Bible. It was intentional. Because God wants everybody to know how to be saved. So there's people that are believers. We don't discount what people have believed. Now some of what they believe is wrong. You have to go through and delicately have a Bible study. That's not what we're talking about here today. We're not talking about brutalizing people. But you do need to tell people the truth. We are people of the name of Jesus. And if whatsoever we do in word or deed, we do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. If we lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus and they get healed, and we cast out devils in the name of Jesus and they get healed, and, and, and they, get, they get delivered, and, and we pray our prayers, and, and, and God blesses our prayers and answers our prayers in the name of Jesus, and then he tells them to go baptize them in his name, and people go, I don't really need to do that. We've got a disconnect. But we ought to be like these certain disciples that say, you know what? When we hear the preaching of the name of Jesus, baptize me, Jesus. Let's all stand across the boat and lift up our hands. Let's pray for just a moment. Let's thank God for his name. Let's thank God for his name. If you were baptized in that name, I want you to know you, you got your sins washed away by that name. Come on, let's pray.
There wasn't some extra added to the H2O. No, it was the name of Jesus that made that water wash your sins away. It was the name of Jesus that brought salvation. It's the name of Jesus that brings healing. It's the name of Jesus that brings deliverance. It's the name of Jesus that answers prayers. It's the name of Jesus that makes a way. It's the name of Jesus that'll that'll help you when you're broken. It'll heal you when you're hurting. It's the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and let's worship him. Oh, let's worship him. flees when I call on the name of Jesus. Depression's got to go when I speak the name of Jesus. Sins are washed away in the name of Jesus. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. Well, God's touching somebody right now. Pray for them in the name of Jesus. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You can't be baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus like the Bible says. You've got to go down in the authority of the name of Jesus. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving, church. Jesus. 